All right. So we are um, going to dive right into our weekly Monday class, being that it's a it's the week before Yud Shvat. I want to share very powerful ideas. I think the concepts or the concept of the concept should not be difficult to grasp, but to actually get it and then to work with it, not that easy, but I don't think there's anything great that comes easy. So let's go. In the world of Chabad, this time of year, meaning when we come closer to the day of the 10th of Shvat, which is the day of the passing of the previous Rebbe, and year later, 1951, that was the day that the Rebbe undertook the role, the position of being our Rebbe. Like in any endeavor, it's an endeavor, there's a goal. It's important to understand what the goal is. What was his goal? And as Hasidim, what is our goal as a Hasid? And it does not suffice to say, my goal is to be a better person. Because that must be a goal prior to becoming a chassid. Obviously, when someone is on the path of becoming a chassid, and if there is a lack in the basics, okay, so that's a wake-up call. But as a chassid, like, what's the goal? What's my goal of a chassid? Why do we need to have a Rebbe? What's the goal of the Rebbe? These are simple questions, right? First of all, just asking them are very helpful. And I don't think one answer has to fit everyone. I think it's important to ask. And I think that as we grow older, if we merit to live so we'll grow older, then we should get better answers. I don't think we're supposed to be stuck in the same answer. But just as an experiment, if if someone would like to volunteer, what's the goal of being a chassid? Serving the Rebbe. Serving the Rebbe. Guidance. One second, one second, one second. What do you mean serving the Rebbe? Just to clarify. The Rebbe is in the Shema Kulelit of Kol Am Israel, and it has a vision for the for the Jewish people, and they are his soldiers to, to, to make that vision come true. Okay, okay. That's different than serving the Rebbe. Okay, I'm happy you said that. Okay, the way serving I see it. Serving in the army of Hashem. Serving in the army of Hashem. Okay. what the Rebbe wants. Okay. In other words, the goal of a chassid, these are these are big statements. The goal of a chassid is doing what the rebbe wants. First of all, you're saying something so emes, and I think people should acknowledge that they're so far from that in the context of. Let's let's just be real. When a person goes to the oil, and it's a good thing to do. When you're walking into the oil, are you walking in there, wanting to be? A chassid, or are you walking in there hoping to get something from the Rebbe? Right, Just be honest. You, you're you walk into the oil. Are you in the mode of? It depends. When I when I went when I went to the oil when I was dated, when I was getting engaged to Mendel, I said he's like, what should we ask for? And I said we just should say thank you, because that was what I what we I felt then. You felt threatened by the word ask that Baruch Hashem. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, that's felt, good. That's no, good. I felt I felt I felt complete. I felt good. I'm and saying said, the same let's thing. Say, let's not, let's not ask for anything. We don't need anything yet. We didn't start. 
you know, we can start the crazy life of life yet. Yeah. Let me say, can I say something better? Maybe what I'm saying is what you're saying, just acknowledge it, that you didn't want to walk in there with an ask. You did not, walking in there with an ask when you're about to get engaged implies that there's a doubt. And there are many chasen and kalas that are in a doubt, and when they walk in, and now that we are in the next phase in life, most of us, and we have kindalach, that uh, hopefully we'll uh, find a good shidduch and a big mazel tov, that you know, we want what's good for them. So we can understand the, 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 the gift of certainty and the challenge of doubt. And the challenge of doubt in a shidduch is very common. It's not uncommon to many different levels. So I'm just repeating. I, I understand what you're saying is, is that you were in a place, which is a blessing, where you, there was no doubt. And you didn't want him to have a doubt. You didn't want Mendel to walk in over there should I, Rebbe, just, just to make sure, no, there's nothing to ask for, we're good, just thank you, <laughs> which is a good thing, and many people walk in there with a doubt, and they're turning to the rest of Rebbe, help, and there's nothing wrong, no, no one should be ashamed of that, that's just part of life, everyone is different, everyone is different, um, like, let's look at the kids, when your kids get engaged, if we can be honest without mentioning any names, <clears throat> all right? Are you certain, or did you experience, or will you, can you see yourself perhaps experiencing, looking at the other party, and, oh my God, I really hope this is the best for my kid. Okay, thank you. In other words, okay. And then when the parents walk in by the oil with their kids, are they here, Rebbe, I'm your soldier, or are they here, Rebbe, you got to really help me out over here, just make sure... You know, my 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 child is the goal that he is, which Why he is. Both? Okay, could be both. I'm not saying that. Wait, so what is? Okay, the... I'm just I'm saying like this. My, I want to say what was said over here. Right. I I acknowledge both sides, okay. that I have an ideal and I have a reality, and that's life, and I have to hold both. That I think for a chassid, I can identify part of me. Part of a chassid is the merit of having a rebbe with the benefits that comes with having a Rebbe. So it's like a wholly selfish endeavor, nothing wrong with it. It's about getting, it's about getting. And then there is the ideal that being a chassid should not be about getting. It's not about getting the brachas and getting the wisdom and getting the connection. It's about, oh, so I wanna speak about the latter. I'm just saying, I just wanna acknowledge that I see both. I know that there's both. And it's good to be clear where a person is. That's where I'm at. I have both. The 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 idealistic part of being a chassid, mamish, is that every rebbe has a unique mission. And a chassid of that rebbe means that I am going to become an arm. I'm gonna I'm going to become a, a tool to that mission. I'm ascribing myself to that unique mission. Lamashal in the army, right? So you have the Israeli army. Many of us know that, right? So there are different different groups. So are you becoming a Golani or are you becoming a Tzanchani? Everyone has a different mission, yet there is an overarching similarity between all the missions. But every group has its unique purpose and I get to join, you're not getting, you're not getting anything, <laughs> you're going there to serve, but you're, you are going, you are volunteering yourself for a certain type of service. Are we good so far? So when it comes to a date where a chassid <coughs> is going to contemplate on any level, on any level, more external, hopefully more 
Amazdeik, more internal, that, oh, this is a date that's marking what? It's marking the Rebbe became Rebbe, so therefore what? Let me go to Hawaii, what do you want from me? No, therefore what? Therefore, no, no. I'm a chassid, I, I'm a wannabe chassid, I think everyone for sure is on that level, and therefore, I want to better understand the mission, and being a chassid would be um, enlisting better, deeper in that mission. Well, good. The beauty of our Rebbe is that he was very clear in what the mission is. And he linked his mission to the date that he became Rebbe. The Maimir Basalagani, and yet yeah, it's not a one-liner. You can make it into a one-liner. It's important to be able to make it into a one-liner. It's a complex concept. But the Maimir, the Rebbe said, this Maimir, the discourse that he repeated every year on that date, is a nuance, another nuance in what he wants, and therefore what we want, because we want to want what he wants. You're a Lubavitcher chassid. That's a million dollar question. What does that mean? For me, one of the ways of answering the question, I know there are many ways, would be that the clearer I am in what the Rebbe's mission is, that's the meaning of Amos Chassid. That, that became my, I adopted that mission. Even if I'm not doing it, I think just having the clarity. Like other people can say, it means to go with a certain type of hat for a man. With that hat, with the brim down. That's foolish. Okay? could mean that I'm lucky to have a Rebbe like the Rebbe because I had miracles with the Rebbe. Beautiful. But that's the receiving part. That's the holy selfish part. I don't want to talk about that. I just want to acknowledge that it's there. And there's nothing wrong with it. Why would I not want to be a chassid of the Rebbe? From whose chassid should I be? There's no competition. Of course I'll be a chassid of the Rebbe. But no, we want to clarify better the mission. We're good? So far, simple. Okay. Okay, what's the Rebbe's mission? Okay, first of all, that's a big statement. And you should know that amongst all the other religious groups, I don't think there's one group that would answer it that way. Mamash. All other groups, I know this, I really know this, and this is not a criticism, it's just all other groups would answer that the mission is either to be Mekadeh Shem Shamayim, that would be the, the pure Litvish answer. Many other groups would say our mission is to keep tight on mitzvahs. But to say that our mission is to bring Mashiach, Mamash, that's unique and it's easy. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, by the way, you're saying, I like what you're saying, I'll tell you why. Because, because you are, you are, you're giving uh, human words to the word Mashiach, but it's the same thing. Plus, good, 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 but hold on. Good, 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 but you're saying good. But in other words, the Rebbe, who was crazy about Mashiach, the Rebbe was very focused on the singular mission. What does it mean? That's the question, and you have to, we have to understand it better. Okay. The, the, every year there was another nuance. This year is very abstract. If you love abstract, you'll mamash, this is like smoking mar- marijuana and better. I never did it. I, further, I never did it. But this is a trip. This is like mushrooms. That's what I meant to say. This, this that we're learning now is crazy concepts. Crazy exciting for me. The problem is 
it's exciting in the brain, we have to know how to make it real. Okay. In this year's Maimer, bringing Mashiach means the ability of mamish seeing God. Oh. A simple one-liner. What's my goal? My goal is my goal is to see God. And not and I for not only for me to see God, like I'm enlightened and you no 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 is to is to collectively come to a place where we can see God. Which mimer is this? This is the fourteenth okay. chapter okay. of Basalagani. That will be a, a, a better way to define it. And the Rebbe expanded these ideas in nineteen sixty four and in nineteen eighty four. And Tavshin Chav Dalad and Tavshin Mem Dalad. And these are very abstract ideas. So either you'll hate it or you'll love it. To see God physically? You can't see God physically, right, so of course. Was... Well, okay, in big words. No, go figure that out. Right. Well, Rabbi, we're talking about, we're in the Tanya now, we're talking about the, the, the Klippa. Mm-hmm. The Klippa, that's... Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Don't jump. Okay. I'm not going to say anything new, but maybe we'll understand it better. The way it's framed in the Maimir, not framed this way, that the goal is to see God. Mashiach means that humanity comes to a place where we all see God. I come to a place where I see God. And and no, I want to just say it's not scary. It's going to be awesome. It's like one of those trips. It's a trip without plants. Mamish, think about that. I believe you. Yeah. Ganeidin is where you see a ray of, of God. I mean, it's the greatest pleasure you see a bissel of God. It's, it's, a, it's better than the truth. Of course, I'm just using a mushal. I'm going to say is that, is, that, is that I also came from a, from a background. Some of them, seeing God was something that, oh, I don't want to see God. I'm afraid of God. No, no, no. This is, this is a whole different God. There's only one God, but we have the real God. Our God is a God that, 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 that wants us to see him. But he hid himself. So there's a whole Seder. And this say that is mamish our lives. You have to just know how to correlate what we go through, what we go through mamish, and these words. Once it clicks, we'll understand something. The way the way that Rebbe words it is like this. He, he gives a mushal. This is the previous Rebbe. It's amazing how this fits in the reality today, now in Israel. That when a, when a country goes to war, there are two types of wars. There is a war of expansion. There is a war of... You're going to live whether you'll win or not. But it's better to have more than to have less. In any, a person has a parnasa. God willing, your family reaches a place where they have parnasa. They're not fighting for existence. But, you know, let's make a different effort, a new effort, more effort. <coughs> We're good, but let's, let's, let's become wealthy, beautiful. It's a whole different mindset when the person feels safe that I have the basics, now I'm looking to expand. Or in any other area in life, when we make an effort, and we're using the word war because it's a war in, in the mimer. It's a war. So let's go back to the Rebbe's words. When we go to war, there's a war of expansion, there's a war to mamish exist. There is a type of war where you know that if you lose the war, you won't exist. The difference in behavior between these two wars is that if I'm in a war of expansion, I will not give it my all. I'm only going to invest if there is a chance of return. And if the investment is too much 
and the return will be too little, however you measure that, a person will say, it's, I'm not going to do it. Why would I do it? Makes sense? Makes sense. Many decisions that we do in life are rational decisions, all because we will exist without doing anything. I need to have more motivation to do it. It has to be worthwhile. In contrast, if a person is in a place, and we are all in both places, in different settings, every day in life, that if I don't expand in that area, if I don't get this need, I won't exist. Mamish. I'll lose my life. You will give it your all plus. Because, because there, there is no other option. Which is what Israel is, is shouting right now. And it's good for us to understand it, that it's seeing, as I see, as many people see, or if they agree or not, that's what the government of Israel is saying, is that this is a war for existence. Because if they don't have a definite win, a definite win, there will be no existence. And so it's a whole different war. When it comes to that war, of course you want to minimize the expense of, of lives, of course, and of treasure. But you don't have an option. If it demands, Rahman al how many soldiers were lost so far? 174 or something like that? No, 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 I'm taking it from when Gaza began. Whatever the number is. Before. Okay, but when we went, doesn't matter, however you count. Already 200 soldiers. In other words, there'll never come a point in this war, they might change strategies, but there will never be a cheshben. Now that we have to pay with so many lives, we have to stop. No. We don't have an option. So first of all, you have to get that. And in our lives, I think just that clarity, a lot of the confusion we have in our lives is that we sometimes confuse one war with the other. In little wars and bigger wars, you know, sometimes there is a war, there is a conflict. It's not for your existence, but we behave like that is for my existence. And sometimes you get it the wrong way. Sometimes there is something that if we would have better eyes, we would hop, we would see, oh, this is mamash for my existence. Speaking about ruchniyazdik existence, hopefully no one here is physically in danger. But just getting that, getting that clarity, all of these ideas is part of what's needed to bring Mashiach, part of what's needed to see God. But to understand what mode you have to get into, because we have the capacity for both. God, and it's different wiring. Right, people that are flight or fight, that psychological term, they are always in, 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 in the mode of, this is, I'm fighting for my life. Probably not. Probably most fights are not for our lives. And we succeed a lot more when we overreact, like when we underreact, we miss the mark. Okay, just a couple of steps before. No. The war to bring Mashiach demands a war for existence. Mashiach will not come unless we get into the mode where this is a war that we cannot afford to lose. With the emuna that Mashiach is about to come, it's amazing that now us as a people, we are in a war for our existence because spiritually, the bringing of Mashiach, being able to see God, let me use my words over here, and then you, you this is a, a certain way of understanding it, and anyone can understand it differently. Um, if I want to see God, I have to come to a place where this is my very existence. I have to want it on that level. I cannot live without God. I cannot, a person has to come to that place. And I don't mean seeing as Begashmi is seeing because God is unseeable with the human eyes. But they were seeing. Like Mamish needing to, to see God. 
needing to see God in a very superficial language would be a person who's suffering, who thinks, who thinks erroneously that their suffering is because God left them. That's what it feels like. God abandoned me. And wanting to see God for that person will be, I need to be helped. I need tzadich Yeshua. I'm saying the same thing in different words. And I, the more words we use to, to, to name the same thing, I think the better we understand it. It's like when you see something, if you only see it here, but if you see it from here, and you see it from here, you see it from here. So when you speak about a topic and you use different words and you identify different life experiences for the same thing, you get that much better. One thing to be saved and seeing God, to me, is the same thing. What did you say? Wanting to be saved? Needing, needing salvation. And, and there are certain anguishes in our lives that is not going to threaten our existence. We still rather to be saved. And then everyone, every human being will go through a moment, God forbid more. These are hard moments where you feel that if things don't turn out the way you think they have to turn out, it's the end of the world. Like if it rains on your chuppah. Don't drown the details of your life that's going around you. You have to be with God. Oh, I want to say, oh, no, oh. So I just want to say, Bela, that what happens if you're marrying your kid and it's raining? Well, it depends. You have to be real. <laughs> so there's two ways of salvation. There's the salvation of it's going to stop the rain. Then there's a much deeper salvation by someone else's wedding, by they're not by that it's going to rain and you're going to have the same experience, the good experience. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. The goal is the same, right? The goal is to be saved. Yeah, but it's easy easy to say. You know, it's easy for me to say by someone else's wedding. <laughs> that's, a, that's a beauty. Okay, all I want to say is, is that wanting Yeshua, wanting out of something that's closing in on you, I want a word, I want to see God. With a big difference that wanting out implies, not implies, is saying that here God does not exist. God is only over there. In this setting, the end of the world. The ultimate goal, we have to work to get there. It takes a person, we don't rush. When you get there, it's time to move to the next world. Let it let you get there when you're a hundred years from now. Is to see God in the darkness. The closest that we get in seeing God in the darkness, so I gave a bad example with the raining in the chuppah, because that was pre-fact. I want to give a different marshal. Once something already happened in the past, that is horrible. Everyone has that experience. Some people think they didn't because they have another illnesses that they minimize things to their detriment. Some people maximize to their detriment. They may, but if someone went through a horrible experience, it already happened. See, that's the, the challenge that we have as human beings is that it takes us many years to really internalize that we cannot change the past. People struggle with that. People spend time fantasizing. They think it's going to help them. They put themselves back there. Should have, could have. And then they see themselves making another choice. <laughs> yeah. And they walk out after that all, all that trip with more pain than they had before. The only way out, what's the, the only way out? And here, once it happened, the, that's the only way out. It happened. Is that you have to be able, to, the facts will stay the same. 
but my relationship to those facts, my understanding of the facts, my emotional reactions towards the facts could mamas change to the point where the same event that until now in the past is experienced by me as this was a horrible thing that happened to me. These are the words of Kabbalah that we all heard. You're taking the sparks out of Klippa. You're extracting light from the darkness. Now that it already happened, there's got to be something good that came from it. If not, and if not, it's even worse that I could do. I could give it, I can find in it some spark of light. It begins with a silver lining, but it goes much deeper than that. I'm saying there's a way of going to. We're good so far? Okay, these are these are good concepts that, that we learn a lot in Hasidus. So when I'm speaking about seeing God, the goal, the ideal, is not to put myself in a world of light. You know where the world of light is? The good world? Not not this world. Ganeiden. Mamash, your father, a good world. This world is filled with good and bad. And, and going through this world, avoiding the bad, which no one could, but the fantasy, is like not coming into this world. You wasted the whole trip. Lahavdo, when you go on vacation, you're the whole thing, I want to see the scenic route. You went to Europe and you didn't see that, you missed the whole thing. The that that you think you missed is something awesome. I'm saying difficult words. The purpose of this world, the purpose of this world is not to see the Schweitzer Mountains. Is, 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 to, is, is to have the capacity of being introduced by God, never ourselves. We never, we never uh, choose that, of being introduced into certain pockets of darkness. And there's some koyach that God gives us to find God in the darkness, to extract the spark from that horrible scenario. And whoever does that, that that is the bringing Mashiach into the world. That is the seeing of God, and that's the mission of Allah Bavachachas. God forbid to look for darkness. No, we have a mitzvah to look for light. We want good. We we bench each other. We daven. We have days in the calendar to daven for good things. The reality is, is that in our lives, there's good and there's bad from our perspective. From our, I'll just use the words the way it's not good. And, and let me use the word pain. And there's two ways of getting out of pain. The word that way. One way of getting out of pain is physically getting out of pain. Like if I'm in a room where the room, the ceiling is five feet or four feet and I'm in pain, the solution is to go to the room that doesn't have such a... I'm not being suffocated. When you can do that, do that. I'm not saying against that at all. If you cannot, these hostages, they are in a cage, some of them. How do you think they lived 100 days? They, they did something to them to somehow be able to live in that. You, 
you can ask that question, Rivkala, in the past 3,000 years of Jewish goals. And I, the question is, that question should be asked to God. But when you're in it, what, what are you going to do? What do you think our, our grandparents, those of us who had grandparents in that concentration camp, what did they do there? The only way out of pain was through the pain. The avoida. You word it the way, the avoida of finding light in dark. Not the light that takes away dark. You know, the light in this room takes away that if you open up a light bulb, there is no dark. That's superficial. That's easy. I'm talking about a light that even when the light is on, it's still dark. That's what I'm talking It's still dark. It doesn't take away the dark. It doesn't take away the dark. But there are, these are deep ideas, but you see light there. The best marshal I would have is, is that an event happened in the past, an event that I wish never happened. I wish I never made that choice. I wish that other person, I wish, but it happened. What do I do with that? Where do I put that? Some people cut it out. They forget it because they can't deal with it. Could be at that moment in their lives, maybe that's the healthiest thing for them. But I conceptually, ultimately, look at all of you, gather every part of you, and even in the dark, there has to be some light. Find that light. Finding God in the darkness. Super, okay, superficially, look how much unity came about in Israel because of the terrible things that happened. It's a marshal. Would I choose for that to happen in order to get unity? God, never. It was the moment that we united. You can frame it that way. The moment is still horrible, but it goes much deeper than that. But that would that would be a way of, of, of just to do, explaining, we're, we're elevating the sparks. What does that mean, we're elevating the sparks? That means that in klipa, in bad, there is good. In unholy, there's holy. In our past choices that were unholy, there's holy. Not justifying. But being able to learn something from it, to take something from it. And I want to tell you a good indicator. And that's gavaldic by all of us, unless we numb ourselves. If you think back to an event and you feel pain, you did not yet extract the sparks. That's the way I would understand it. That the pain that you're feeling is God's way of telling you that you didn't yet see in it what you are, what 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 has to be seen. And when you see what has to be seen, when you extract the sparks, you would be able to go back to the same event and feel enlightened. Hundred percent. Like you're not supposed to feel any of that pain. Yeah, no one's on that level with that. I'm not talking. Yeah. I don't know how. No, you no, get no one's to do that. that with real pain other times. Like, I'm talking about concepts. I'm talking about the path of where we're going. But do you know people? That I know people. My, I know people that let's go to simple traumas. Bad. If a person had a trauma, something happened, and when they think about it, they freak out. If they learn how to process it healthier. They will have less freaking out. Fine, less freaking out, but they're not extracting the okay. light and realizing. Why that are they less freaking out? It, uh, the less freaking out is because they're extracting the light from it. Right. I can I can show that. Not 100%. Because we're not nothing by a human being is ever meant to be 100%. I even think I even think we're speaking Esther as mamish and the shleishim of her father, and I lost my father, and we've got people around the table here lost parents. 
that the the it's I don't see it as time heals. I don't I don't I don't understand it that way. Time heals, meaning I have so much pain with what happened, and with time, what do you think happens? So let me give you an illustration. I think I showed it once, and this is, for me, it's a good illustration. If the point of pain is here, the middle, the core, hurting you, when you look back at it, the act of looking at something implies you are outside of it. Looking at it, I'm not in it. The more, every time I look at something, it's almost as if I made a little circle around it, and I'm a, I'm a millimeter away from it. When I look back at the same event, I'm looking at the same event, but the fact that I'm doing it for the second time, I'm already further from it. When I look at it again, I'm further from it. The reason why most of us have this mishogas, we keep on looking at certain things, things that give us pain. Oh, I said that. I wish I said that. And you play it again in your brain. And you do it again. You do it again. You're not just trying to hurt yourself. You're trying to heal yourself. When you look back at an event, the more times that you do it, if you, especially if you learn how to do it better, by default, you are more removed from it. That in itself diminishes the pain. And you understand it differently. And the understanding it differently is that which diminishes your pain. You understand it differently, you understand it deeper. Without any understanding, it hurts more. With more understanding, when you get closer to the emis, which is extracting the light in it, I think if I'm feeling less pain, that's because I understand it better. You can take it or leave it. I'm just saying ideas. No, no, no. It's much easier to, to think of that with a father passing away. Of course, if there's trauma and it's a different thing, fine, but like that's the way of life for like a kid passing or real pain or I'm not diminishing ours or anybody that lost a parent and I'm, I'm in it but I'm just saying it's it's much easier to talk about that with your muscle of a, of a, of a parent but like when there's real pain that and no one should no one should have here okay but what happens which is what we're talking about only by by extracting the the, the, the light from that kind of pain. It's just, I mean, no one should go through it, and I don't either. When a person loses a child, when a person loses a child, okay? So, so there's there's the feeling of of of, of that. that. Okay, but I want to speak about that because I, in my family, there was that. I have a brother that lost a child. The more the years go on, it's just a fact. I'm not saying the pain goes away. We're not malachim, but it's different. It's different. Why is it different? So I think it, it's external. It's not true to say it's different because we're removed from it. Because so many years, I don't think, I don't think it's that way. I think because we extracted something from it. For that oh, we need so time. Oh, so you think the moving back and, and year after year and looking at it from a different perspective, that's extracting. Sure, because when you're okay, gripped so by, any, okay, 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 let me say that. When I'm gripped by something, if a person is in pain, we it, it disempowers us. There's nothing you can do. The thinking is crooked. The thinking is hyped. You, there's nothing you can do. When, when, when anyone in pain, if someone, okay, if someone insults you when they're in pain, really don't, 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 don't be insulted. If someone is angry and they tell you harsh words, it's not them. 
we cannot extract anything if we're not using the the normal seichel and midas that God gave us. If I'm altered, I won't accomplish anything. I'll do a lot more damage. And we all know that as a fact. Yeah, and when we are in peace, it's like catch I'm in pain. So I'm altered. So there's nothing I can do. I can just endure the pain. As time goes on, as time goes on, I think we have more time, more to process what happened. You process it, you process it, you process it, you process it. And then when you have an insight, any insight telling you it diminishes the pain. You have an insight. Ah, I never saw it that way. And all of a sudden, again, not that the pain goes, the avoider is finding, finding light is seeing God. I can speak more about that. Yeah, Bela. I want to say that you also, and I can just, Saying by the example of Devorah Kreiman, you know she lost a son and she wrote a book, and her book really helped a lot of people deal with the, their own kind of pains. It was really um, brought more light into the world. Her, let me say better that her, her, she goes around and speaks her using in a good way, post facto, right. her trauma to help is another way. She took something good. She sque- it's dark. That's what I'm saying. She found. But she did something good. She gave it some light. It diminished her pain without doubt. And it, when it says that when Mashiach will come, it says not only will we not feel pain. That I used to cry when he said this verse because it's beyond comprehension that we're going to thank God for all of the suffering. In other words, that we are able to to. To, to see things the way God sees them. Seeing God also means seeing things the way God sees them, that our reaction towards the same event won't be painful. And I think we all are on that journey, every person. Yes. Ask, any, ask any 60-year-old to describe an event that happened when they were 13, or when they were 15, or when they were nine, or when they were 20, and, and, and if you would record them as they shared it when they were 30, and hear them when they're 60, you're gonna you're gonna see how a person evolved by seeing things more truthfully. Now there could be people that are very dysfunctional, so they deal with pain by by smoking weed, by by escaping. So they change, they distort. That won't help them. There's nebuch. That's a nebuch. There's no way other than seeing it for what it is. Not over. Not under. Azoi, this is what happened. And then you revisit it. And we all we are all we are all doing this. We're doing this the whole time. Some people run away from it, some people go into it, go into it, you go into it, go through it, go through it, go through it. You'll find something and you'll take it out. Okay. So we are here in a world of darkness. We are here to extract sparks. The the power that we have to do it. The power, these are words, the power that we need to do it. So the Mimer says that when the king is sending soldiers to fight a battle that the king cannot lose, it's a war of existence, the king will give the soldiers super weapons to make sure they'll win. In the generation before Mashiach's coming, which is what the Rebbe is arguing where we're at, being that our job is to bring Mashiach, it must be that God gave us tools that were never given before and if we take those tools, we will win. Tzidik Rebbe says that when a king is going on a battle for his existence, he will open up his treasury 
and he's going to squander treasures in the context of the marshal, tools, uh, weapons that are so powerful that whoever will wield them will win because he has to win. So we are the generation that we have to bring Mashiach, but you can't just tell people bring Mashiach without giving them the tools. So God gave us tools that were never given before that guarantee our success. So the Rebbe, this is the past few years, is asking, no, what's, what's the tools? What are the treasures? We were given the treasures. It's like someone telling you, no, you're a billionaire. He's saying, hello, I can't pay the groceries. Don't hack me, I'm a billionaire. Where's the money? Show me the money. Show me the money. And the Rebbe is saying, so this generation, we're giving Mashiach, the seventh generation, and God opened up the treasury, and he gave us the treasures, and now go bring Mashiach. So the Rebbe says, no, what's the treasure? I wish the treasure would have been something that you can just take and go with. doesn't work that way. So the treasure is an idea. The Rebbe spoke about the treasure over a period, I think, of six or seven years. Can you imagine? That's why we didn't win the war yet. But I want to say the importance of learning these words, there's enough time. These are words that you have to hear and hear and live with and live with and learn a thousand times to get it. The Rebbe calls this the treasure that we need to bring Mashiach. The, The treasure is the ability to see God. Living with God will enable me to extract the sparks out of darkness. Living with God comes by me experiencing God's presence. How do you get there? How do you get there? And that's the, the treasure is these words. You with me? Yeah. Okay. That's what the people in the party saw. Every one of them. People are which? In the middle of a shootout, people are chasing him and all they see is God. And everybody's talking about it. Okay, let me tell the you. One the one who lived to survive. The ones who lived to survive. Almost every story of someone who survived called out to Hashem. Every story. Yeah. Every person that survived said at some point in the story they called out to Hashem. I haven't heard one story where they haven't. Yeah, but what about the ones that called out to Hashem? No, we don't. I'm just saying the ones that I've heard that survived. No, but not they just survived some. They survived. They called out to Hashem. No, I understand. We say, I'm just saying. We don't know they did. We don't know. I'm just saying in the positive sense. Let me share words. I know that we, we learned to smile at whoever went over there to the mountain two weeks ago. These are very deep ideas. We learned a little bit of the smile at the Shabbos morning, but it's it's like, wow. First of all, okay, so the Rebbe says, this is all the previous Rebbe, but the Rebbe is building, uh, building on it. It says in one of the works of the Zohar called Tikkun Zohar, that the Ein Soif, that the infinite light of God, is lamayla mayla ad ein ketz, ulamata mata ad ein tachalit. And the Rebbe translates this to be gavalik. He says that God, the infinite light, is beyond, beyond our comprehension. The first step of getting to see God is deeply understanding that you can't. It's a paradox. And after you understand how God is beyond, beyond, no matter how high up you go, God is greater than that. So you're grasping for something that cannot be grasped. You have to experience that first, then to get to the next step, 
that the Ein Soif is Lamata Mata Adin Tachlis, which means that no matter in what lowly state you are in, and even lower, God is revealed there. So just before we go on, this is a big rule in life. Many times you say that if you would only believe that you can get it, you'll get it. You know, there was a story, you try the story of the Rebbe, the Rebbe in, the, in 1951, he was walking up Kingston Avenue or on Eastern Parkway, and he saw two elder Hasidim, they were looking at an old dilapidated yellow school bus. That the Lubavitch Yeshiva needed a school bus. And the, the, thing, the only thing they could afford was like, was like a fifth generation school. And they're looking at it to see, you know, if, there, if there's enough, if, if, if it's Shire. And the Rebbe told them, why are you looking at this bus? They told the Rebbe that they need a bus for yeshiva. The Rebbe says, why an old dilapidated bus? They told the Rebbe, we cannot, we cannot even afford this bus. <laughs> are we going to go look at a new bus? So the Rebbe says that the fact that you can envision young students that you can envision them to go on such a bad bus, that's why you're stuck with the money. If you would, if you in your mind would not be able to see Yiddish Kindelach and Azar bus, if the only way out would be a brand new bus, you would figure out how to get a new bus. In other words, in this world, in this world, not God, when you envision yourself being able to, that's an important step, then you can do it. And many people who have a, a business coach or a life coach, part of life is people don't have good self-esteem. So therefore they limit what they can do. And you need to have someone helping you deeply believe, I can get that. It's within my grasp. That is for everything other than God. So as many people are working on their self-esteem and on their confidence and I'm going to I could get it. Yeah, I can do it. So we could do it. When it comes to God, this is the paradox. You have to first accept that you will never get God. That you will never see God. That you will never understand God. Because he's beyond beyond. The moment you think God is within your grasp, the God that you'll get is not God. Now, the goal is to get God. But you have to go through that step first. I have a good muscle when I was learning about this a few years ago. Also concerning how to relate to the Rebbe's passing and, and, and a personal passing. Like, are they here or are they not here? So there are many stories in the Zohar that different Tanoim, they went to the burial place of Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochoi and they began, they fell on the ground and they were crying, how can it be that you were eaten up by the earth? Great Rebbe Shimon Bar Yochoi. They were, they were broken by the passing of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. And then they told themselves, but he didn't pass away. He's still living. A tzaddik, a tzaddik is alive. A tzaddik doesn't pass away. And then it begins to describe how they went up to the heavens, these great people, and how they encountered Rav Shimon Bar Yochai. And they had a conversation with him. And they, he said this. And they, a whole, and they wrote it all down. Many stories like, and all of them begin with them crying for the fact that he passed away. And I always wondered, why? Why didn't you go to the caver of a tzaddik? Why do you have to cry that he passed away? We believe the tzaddik is alive. We believe every Jewish neshama is alive. Go over there and celebrate. Dance, the tzaddik is alive. No. There are certain things that you can only get to. You can only get to step two if you go through step one. 
Step one is if someone physically is not here, accept the fact that they're not here. And that's very painful. And you have to go through that pain. Dafke, dafke because you went through that step, now you are able to actually meet them. How crazy is that? Not, let me deny that a physical passing, it means nothing. Baruch people, right? A tzaddik, is, a tzaddik is just a emuna, an avon yira, everything that we heard as Chabad And the Rebbe is chayvakayim, like that, that theology. I think you'll never get the Rebbe that way, ever. There is one side where there's a loss, darkness, you have to be in the darkness, and then you'll find the light in the darkness. Then you'll discover that even though there was a passing, there was no passing. And it was mamash for them, it was these big tannoyim, Rav Shemar was alive. Imagine, they, they met him, they met him, they spoke to him. In many Hasidish shuls, after there was a, I forgot which one, in one Hasidish group, after the Rebbe passed away, after they would give him an aliyah. <laughs> and not only that, the living Rebbe, he would listen and he would answer, Amen. So the Kloi, whoever, more worse of it. These, so the Kloi Zimurka Rebbe used to say when he heard it, he says, ah, don't give him, give him Hagbe. <laughs> <laughs> that, that will be impressive. Let him lift the Taira. Okay, in other words, there's a darkness, and then there's the light within the darkness. That this world is a world in which at first you don't see God, you have to experience. And I really believe that one of the post-fact that tzaddikim suffer. And every Jew is a tzaddik and every Jew suffers. That I think part of our journey, it already happened, we don't have to do it again, is there has to be a certain amount of darkness. Because if our goal is to find the light within the darkness, if you're gonna have everything amazing, then why were you born? Stay in Gan Eden. There it's even more amazing. And the darkness means really, really, God is concealed, you can't see God. You're disconnected from God or you don't see God, it means the same thing. That's the darkness, that's the dark, that's, that's, that's the darkness. So first of all, you have to acknowledge that God is Lamaila Maila Adin Kates. He's above and above, no matter how high you'll go, you're not gonna get him. If I, only I would be more Ruchni Yizdik, I would get God. Let me work on my, no, God is beyond you. And that will make a person feel very disconnected. Dark, I'll never get it. You want something, you'll never get it. You have to experience, you'll never get it. Then you'll get it. And even then, how do you get it? Here are the words. Let's go from God's perspective. When God is shining his light in the world, when God is giving his flow to the world, what would you call the ray of energy coming from God? What would you name it? Love. Huh? Love. Americaner. Okay. Amos. Huh? Okay. It's okay. I'm a compliment. I didn't mean it. Okay. They, they, they got us all. They got us all. They made us all the sugar. Huh? So here do okay, I'm not making, I would never get it myself. So there are three words. And, and a big way of seeing God is understanding the difference between these three words. Or, light, chayas, so Ashkenazic, chayot, 
No, Chayes is life. Chayes is life. Okay, Chayim. Okay, good. Guys, stand corrected. Chayut. Chayut. Chayes. Chayes is what we say when our kids are behaving like tzaddikim. We say Chayes, yeah? So Chayim and Koch. So light, life, and energy. Maybe. That's close to accurate translation. The Rebbe argues that... No love. No love. No love. No. Love is all, all of that. Oh, no, all love. Oh, yeah. They're all coming from the source of love. El edict. Yeah. Now listen, listen to these words. The oiran, the oiran, the and the chayut. As a mushal, this is a mushal that Rebbe gives. Imagine the source being the sun. We use it as an example. We're not sun worshippers. But the sun gives warmth and it gives nutrients. The sun is, Hashem gives through the sun. So there is, there is the light of the sun as it doesn't go into whatever it's shining on. It just goes around it, right? It goes in the, I know it goes in the room, but it doesn't go in, it's not, it doesn't go into the walls. It goes, it goes and it bounces off. So there's a certain amount of life force that stays around the being that it's interacting with. It's a outer interaction. That's oir. And chayut is that there is some energy that actually goes into the items. Goes in it. Both the oir and the chayas are always connected to the source. If you see light, there is a light bulb on somewhere. Okay. Promise you. And it's amazing. The moment the source is shut off, the light disappears. So if I see light coming from around the corner, I know, even if I don't see the flame, I know it's there. I know it's there. If I follow the light, follow the yellow brick road, I'm going to find the source. Oid and Chayas, when you can identify it, you follow it, these are the words, and you'll find you'll find God. Koyach is different. Koyach is the lowest level. Koyach is, as an example, you're throwing this up, right? There's a law of gravity. The gravity is making it go down. I am throwing this up, even after I let go of it, I can walk away, as long as my koyach is in it, it's going to keep on going up. Koyach is an energy that I share, but after I gave it, it doesn't need to be connected to me. So if someone is looking at the koyach and they want to trace it back to the source, it's much harder. Is that Hashem's koyach? Everything is God. So listen to this. These are the words. The easiest thing for us, we, now, God gives oir, then it becomes chayas, then it becomes koyach. When we're trying to find God, it's like we're pulling on a little string God leaves. He leaves an imprint and we have to know how to pull on it. The first thing that we can identify is koyach. We are very much aware of the energy that we feel. Oh, today I have a lot of energy. Today I have a little energy. We, and, and by the way, koyach changes. Koyach changes. Chayot doesn't change. In other words, does not change. My, if a, When a person says, I feel more alive or less alive, that's, a, that's not emes. These are badly worded words. 
I feel more energy or less energy? That's the right words. Koyach is something that changes according to me. Mamish, if I eat better, if I sleep better, there are things that I can do that can expand my koyach. And in the reverse, I can eat a lot of unhealthy food or not sleep enough and I can lower my koyach. I can put myself by choice into scenarios where I'm in a lot of emotional turmoil, I'm triggered, and my koyach is going to go haywire, or I can put myself in a place of light and, I'm, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll feel good koyach. There was good energy, there's bad energy. The closest thing of God that we can, we can, we can all experience is the koyach in everything. And every person is able to sense that. The challenge with sensing koyach is you don't know it's God. Because koyach, by definition, is something that came from a source, but right now is not connected to its source, so to say. So I can feel the energy, but nothing to do with God. Many people are energy healers. They don't believe in God. They don't have to believe in God. They believe in energy. God is not energy. God is the creator. God is the source of the energy. We're looking for God, not for energy. But the words that Rebbe says is these words are a big secret. Is that we first have to find koyach. Even within ourselves. You want to find your soul? I have no koyach, you say. Become aware of your koyach. Today I feel empowered. Who do you think that came from? Don't think it came from you. You did things that allowed it, that, that is allowing you to hold it better. You're not getting in the way of it. It's not you. We are able to be in touch with the koyach in everything, beginning with self. From the koyach, we can move on and to see that what's the koyach of the koyach, the chayas, chayut. People can see that. People can mamush connect to it. And then you see the light. Then you see the light. And all that is for free. Koyach, chayas, and oir is the way that people like us can see God in everything. We can see God's light in everything. Beginning with the acknowledgement that we can never, we, can, we will never get it. And the more we acknowledge we never get it, it's like, mamish, we know this in life. Only when a person is humbled. The people that know it all, they can know a lot. But they're, that's it. That's it. They're the end. They won't know anything else. When I'm firm and I, I know how this works, good for you. And could be you have some understanding of it. But you'll never grow in it. And all of us, when we break down, I don't know anything. What I knew was a delusion. I don't know. Ooh, now you don't know. Now you'll, now you'll know something infinitely greater. And with God, it's the same way. Almost to say that it's one of the steps of getting to know God is first to experience that there's no God. If a person is always experiencing God because they're in Ganeiden or from the person that never exists but you think exists, there is a person, everything is good for them. They'll never know God. They'll know good. They'll know comfort. They'll never know God, ever can only know God first by realizing, oh my God, there is no God here. Before every redemption, before every redemption, there was dark. Why was it that way? Before we left Mitzrayim, there was suffering. There has to be an experience of, I would want to see God, 
That's what crying out to God is. He says, but there is no God here. If you don't come here, I'm going to die. That experience, that's, in other words, you are facing, you're facing a godless reality. And the pshat of calling out to God, according to the Smaimer, first of all, miracles should happen to everyone. This is not a miracle denying concept. In that scenario, they needed the miracle. We're not talking about that. We're talking about an inner darkness. We're not talking about a person physically dying. We're speaking about a person spiritually dying. Spiritually dying is when a person learns how to live without God. When a person learns how to live in darkness, not by finding the light in the darkness, but by checking out. Disconnecting. That death is disconnected. If you don't find light in the darkness, you have to disconnect. So these hostages, many of them will be uh, dissociated people to survive. They dissociate. They have to. They have to. People that went through trauma dissociate. And they can spend 10 lifetimes gathering the pieces together because you need to. God, you can't live in that darkness. You have to leave it. Mashiach means we don't need to dissociate. I, it's painful. We, we have to figure out how to find light in the dark. How do you find light? These are the words that we are able to see the koyach and everything. The babushka, the, 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 the easiest. From the koyach, when you see the koyach, you don't see God. You see energy. You don't know where it came from. Because the koyach that you can experience, so to say, is not touching God. God put it in there and he left it. From the koyach, you begin to see something much deeper. That in the koyach, there is life force. If a person, Taka, says, I feel alive, not I feel energized. See, these, this is not semantics. This is very important. Most people, like think when they say, oh, I feel alive, all they mean to say is, I feel full of energy. Feeling alive is a big madreg. It's good. People who do a lot of inner, this is an avoider. You have to you get the words and you have to go down your own, tri- it's your own trip. It's a trip. Like, is this koyach or is this life? You have to get to meet them, meet them. Differentiate. That's a big uh, avoidant. This is a, this is a good avoidant. When you get that, you'll see. That's what the Rebbe says. That we go from koyach. Koyach doesn't mean I'm meeting God because I don't see the source yet. Once you see life, you're beginning to to see God in the sense of like when you see light, you know there's a sun. Even before you see the sun, because if the sun would be obs- if there would be a disconnect between the light and the sun, there would be no light. Once you find the light, you can trace it back. From life, you see the light. And from the light, you meet God. What if you see the clock that Hashem gives our enemies, our evil people? What do you do with that? You take it from them. No, like, how do you make it Hashem? You know, it's like you can't even grasp it. To give those people koach, to put them in the suffering, the hundred people, over a hundred people that are locked there. No answer. The only question is, is why don't we have this question much stronger? That's the question. Why isn't it bothering us more? That's in the opposite direction. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I can't trust the light. There's no light there. Right now, our mission is to to destroy that darkness. But let me speak about the, the people that God willing they'll make it out. Yeah. Then then how will they live life healthily yeah, right. after how having that? Have, yeah. They'll have they'll have to, like all of us, 
I don't know how they're doing it, in our little moments of darkness, we will, we will have to be able to look back at the same event and to see it through different lenses. I can tell you the words of the Friedrich Rebbe, we'll stop with this. The Friedrich Rebbe, not comparing apples and oranges, but he was arrested by the communists and he was sentenced to death and they tortured him. Took a real torture. They put him, he wrote, from what, the little that he wrote, he put him in a room filled with manure up until his nose and he was standing for 24 hours and most people drown. That's torture. That's torture. And, and, and he, he writes, he calls that experience the seven levels of Gehenim, Shiva Madura Gehenim, that he went through. And they beat him, they beat him, Begash, terrible. He writes that every now and then he has designated times in which he closes his eyes and he goes back to those moments. And he says that in life, he writes, he was such a good writer. He says that there is the natural growth and he breaks down life into infanthood and childhood and then adolescent and young adulthood and adulthood and mature adulthood. He doesn't say all the way he writes it. And in every phase we grow, he says, then there is by Hashgacha Pratis, every person has experiences that deeply change their lives. And he writes as a fact that the more difficult of the experience, the greater the growth. And then he writes that that part of his life, he says, is so dear to him because the growth that he underwent, he acknowledged he never would have undergone it if not for that. And he writes that I, if someone would want to take a minute from me and he would pay me, I would not accept all the gold in the world. I would keep it. But if someone would give me all the gold in the world to go back even one moment, I could not. That's how difficult it was for him. It means he couldn't go back there. He wouldn't. But I'm saying after it happened, he, he spent his whole life, he writes, designating times. That's called discipline because stop to go back and it's going to hurt you. He was ready. He put himself back in that trauma. Mamish. And he... And, and he figured out how to grow from it and not how to be broken from it. That's the avoida of extracting the sparks. And it has a lot to do with the premise of knowing that God was with him, that this was for him, that there was a purpose for it. And we're not meant to understand all of the purpose, just knowing it was that in itself, there was a purpose. And we never say this on another Jew's suffering and we never say this on us for the future. But this is a big part of bringing Mashiach. A big part of bringing Mashiach is learning how to deal with dark. And it Meaning, seems like we're doing it collectively. We're doing it collectively. We're in, we're in a place of darkness right now. We don't have an option. Think of what's going on. And the more people that are connected to Israel, Mamish, 101 days. Like, like, even, even for not the people that are there, it's, it's overwhelming. It's an overwhelming darkness. There was a terrible terror attack today. You don't know where it's coming from, the darkness. Even out, outside of Israel, yeah, in the world, in South Africa, yeah, America, yeah. all over the world, Mom's the darkness is yeah. outside and inside. So he didn't go to school he because... It. He missed it. Wow. Right, that was the stop. 
Okay, just recapping, recapping, and not to these mystical ideas, just to get it that that the Rebbe wants us to see the light and the darkness. That's that's the Rebbe's mission. Different type of Rebbe. That's why we spoke last week. It's not about miracles. It's good to have miracles, but the reality is is that the people have difficult moments to embrace that, to embrace if they are here, to embrace it. And a big part of Mashiach is bringing light to it, relating to these moments in a whole different way. Howard ever said that. That was Basalagani. That was his mission statement. That's what he wanted. And that's collectively what Mashiach means. Mashiach doesn't mean making the world into a plate of light. That's not the meaning of Mashiach. That's a utopian Mashiach. Mashiach is learning how to live this life in a much better way. In so much real. Your life, this life, with the good and the challenge, but live it differently. Understand it, approach it differently. I'm not talking about behavior. I'm not talking about shulchan I'm talking about inner way of you. The you, the me, has to be different. Yeah. What's, what is the, the difference? How do you tell the difference between being delusional and escaping and believing that it's all for the good? What's being avoidant and believing that it's all good. How do you not become the person that's always, oh, it's okay, fine, it's all good. Which is horrible. Which is so horrible, yeah, so which is tragic. It's, it's really delusional. Tragic. I do that, like I wonder, like, am I, you know, am I, am I being positive or am I escaping? I think get feedback from the people around you. I watched one of the mothers of the hostages. She was all smiling and well. I was not impressed by that. I'm not blaming her. That's delusional. I've seen that a lot amongst from people. They're not they're not taught properly. That's delusional. I think I think people can sense it. It's not it's 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 delusional. It's not that it's not authentic. They they are authentically delusional. That's 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 just like so smoke marijuana. That's not the kavana. That's the whole. That's the whole point of this moment. to function under that circumstances, you have to compartmentalize. Uh, compartmentalizing is the beginning. Is the beginning the of is the beginning of disaster. What your child is going through, Wait, you have to go to another place. No, compartmentalizing, which is people do that a lot. Of course, why it's 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 dissociation. It's dissociation. No, but that's not healthy. Oh, that's. I'm so happy to hear. That. I always heard somebody said it's so good to compartmentalize. It's 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 good if you want to be a broken person. You'll be a, you'll have five personalities. Oh, this is in this box. No. No, 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 no. People do it because they were never taught a better way. These ideas and chasidas, we just know how to, we have to translate it better. The problem is we have it, we just don't know how to bring it down. We bring it down better, it's a treasure. But when you say someone has so much chayas, it doesn't translate according to what we're saying. Like, well, they have so much chayas. That's not a volunteer. I, have, I like what you're saying. Oh, no. you begin with koyach. Right. And if a person is getting hit, and their koyach is the same, they're, they're, they're not well. Right. That's what I also said, that when there's a passing, you have to first cry that there was a passing. How do you know I'm not delusional? Because I didn't lose the, the, the down-to-earth reality. In other words, if everything bad that's good, then you'll never cry when something bad happened. And the Rebbe said, that was last year and two years ago, that you have to first acknowledge that it's bad. You begin knowing God by first knowing that God is beyond you. You don't have God. Light begins with dark. 
First, there's dark. If you are skipping the dark, you'll never get the light. This mother doesn't have any other coping no. mechanism. I'm not judging her. I'm just saying what I'm observing. Together with many people that are very ignorant and they misuse ideas in the Torah. It's misuse. Emuna. Like this marshal always stuck out to me. <clears throat> they went to Rabshim. Oh, the whole side. They went there and they cried. And they, they cried at, at, that he's not here. They they went crazy. They they fell from crying. I, I saw that maybe once in my life that someone was so broken that they couldn't physically stand and then they they met him which means that if he wouldn't have been broken by his absence he never would have met him right oh your father's in a better place so don't cry that's unhealthy no cry and then there's other dafka then can you find him without the crying you'll never find him without the darkness we never have light we never have the real light we have very external light so I would say if people who have a muna don't never felt the pain, then something is unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And muna to me means they feel pain and they struggle and they struggle and then, then they get to, they get somewhere. They find they discover something. Yeah. Most of us don't have to struggle with feeling the pain. I'm saying most of us, I'm just saying that Shoshana is mentioning that there are certain people. That I think the very it's a psychological it's an illness it's unhealthy, but it's a very bad call. It's coping method like like taking drugs. It's the same thing. You can't cope. You it's escape. You escape from reality. Since God is good and everything is good, so it's good. So it's good. It's good. How are you? I'm great. Happy. I'm happy. When the Rebbe said to be happy. Happy. I'm happy. You you right. You feel, I feel nauseous because like this is a machla. It's, it's it's and it's contagious. It's a it's a contagious illness. You want to be around people <clears throat> that feel pain, and then they, they they work ten years and they and they came somewhere. It's it takes time, and they realize some redeeming factor. You want to be around those people. So from there you tap into the cause and keep moving. You go from the darkness to the koyach to the chayes to the oyer and to God. Okay, cool. <laughs> now we have the names. That's the path. That's the golden path. Not having darkness, can you imagine if your life, whenever it would become dark, you would go unconscious and you would only regain consciousness by daybreak. And you would live 120 years by only being awake when it's light, you would never know dark. No, no, not knowing dark. Yeah. That, that, that is the mindset of a person who erroneously thinks that darkness is not part of their life. Like who who told someone that they shouldn't have pain? Who 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 introduced that concept? It's not because pain feels painful. It's because someone was taught wrongfully 
that that this that this is like a lesser. It's like a lesser. It's like a, a loser. Life means being a millionaire. If you're a schlepper, you make the best of it. And I think no, life should be, you should be a millionaire. That yeah, but life to be rich, there has to be light and dark. Hashem is the one that gives everyone what they need, and there is a certain avoidance of darkness that is dysfunctional, right? To compartmentalize, and then they garb it with. With the label Lemuna and Bitochen and happy, and they're and they're they're missing the they're missing the night. Denial. Some people are living only when it's dark. That's a, that's the same uh, other side of the same counterfeit coin. Some people love the darkness. They don't they don't say it, but they love the darkness, mm-hmm. and they go from disaster to disaster, right. and they can't get enough of it. And there's, there's always disasters because they love living in the dark. Everyone benefits. Thank you. Right? They benefit from it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But but I'm saying the first thing is we should. A hundred percent. It's not you want to do it. And people that people, the benefit of avoiding darkness, we all know, you don't feel pain. So Rabbi, what if you are feeling a lot of pain, but you know that everything is from Hashem? So you say to Hashem, I feel pain. I don't know why you do it. I don't want to be in it. I'm not going to lie. Correct. But I know that everything you do is for the good. That's I can't it. see it. I don't experience it. But it gives me some comfort that I know that everything I've shown is... That's that's step number one. And what's step number two? What do you expect to happen afterwards? So there are two to, steps. To, to, to go through it. To go through it with a better understanding. That Hashem is in charge. But to I go, but I, these are words I'm saying. But I would want to go from there. That's where I'm at. Where do I want to go? To be able to go through it with a better understanding, to go through it with the with the greater awareness of how God is there. That's only through unfolding. Well, I know that's also through that desire. I need to know what I want. Instead of I want just out. I want out, and if I'm in, I want to be in in a better way. That's the Maimed. I want to be in in a different way. That's what the Rebbe is saying. You want to bring Mashiach, you want to bring light into darkness. Mashiach doesn't mean everything is going to be wonderful. That's not Mashiach. That's Ganeden. That's something else. Not that everything will be wonderful the way you define wonderful. No, I mean to say, if you are in the dark, and you know that that's where Hashem put Put you there for a choice, and you say, "Okay, I'm in the dark. I don't want to be here." Show me but, why I'm here, God. But I accept that. And and you and put and me and there. show me why I'm here. And and let me find the sparks in it. That's it. Very good. And I think the finding of the spark is is what we're looking for. And the way that Rebbe is wording it is that when people become more familiar, when they look at themselves to discover their koyach, from that they go to they. They discover their highest. They discover their light. They'll be able to do that in reality better. That will be a big, that's a big secret. That's a treasure. The reason why we don't dance with this treasure is because we don't know how to use it yet. It's like you were given a Rolls Royce. No one taught you how to drive. We had, but that's something I think everyone, the most that ever gave us were these words. Now we have to break our heads and apply them. The Rebbe right. this is the treasure. Okay, you learned it. Do I walk away feeling wealthy? I know that I'm wealthy, but I don't feel wealthy. 
I'm still in the same darkness. I, I, can you tell us a couple of examples? I actually have, have, to, I'm sure I, I have a personal I'll stop 